everyone, Dave DeBow here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. And today we got a special treat. We got one half of a dynamic duo, the Kwok Brothers. This is Daniel Kwok. And very, very impressive story, you guys. These, these young men uh, definitely didn't grow up with silver spoons in their mouths, and they've done some amazing stuff with real estate very, very quickly. So, Daniel, welcome to the interview. Thank you so much. It actually wasn't a silver spoon. It was a pair of chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's start at the beginning. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about, about your guys' background and how you got into real estate. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people can assume with the joke that, you know, my brother and I were Asian Americans. We actually immigrated to the United States of America at the age of, I was six, five or six, and my brother was seven. And we're actually pastor's kids. So our dad is a minister and my mom helps out with the church. And, you know, you know we certainly indeed did not grow up with a silver spoon in our mouth, grew up very poor, and it was very difficult. And, you know, fast forward to when you know, I was 19 and Sam was 21. I actually had negative $187.65 in my bank account, had maxed out credit cards and, you know, life was tough. That's our background. That's pretty much where we come from. All right. Where were you guys from originally? Where did you immigrate from? Yeah. So South Korea. Okay. Nice. Nice. All right. And you're based in the outskirts of Chicago right now, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. A little place called Warrenville, Illinois, which is right below Naperville and Naperville is kind of a more well-known area. Well, a lot of our listeners are up here in Canada, so it may not be that well of a known area for us, but we do know where Chicago is, so that's all good. So, Daniel, tell me a little bit about how you got into the whole real estate thing and what you and Sam focus on as your primary real estate strategy. Yeah, so, I mean, we started out in real estate because we actually had a former friend, former youth pastor who's still our friend, reach out to us, and he kind of said, you know, you guys have always been very entrepreneurial. Have you guys ever thought about investing in real estate? And we said, what is that? <laughs> and so we went to the seminar and of course there was a bit of a pitch and, but we quickly realized that real estate investing is a very viable and phenomenal way of building wealth. And I've always had big dreams ever since I was a little kid. And I knew that just working a regular nine to five job wasn't going to accomplish those dreams, especially considering that one of my biggest life goals is to own an NBA team, specifically the Chicago Bulls, which I grew up watching and I'm still a diehard fan. And there's a lot of things that I want to do in this world to help people. So I knew that I had to go big or I had to go home. And so we decided to start up a real estate investing business. And in the midst of that, we started an education company. We started teaching a lot about finances in general. Now we have a YouTube channel. So our main strategy today is probably buy and hold real estate. We love acquiring multifamilies, apartment complexes, and also developing. So we do a lot of our deals down south. But right now, I'm, I'm more so focused on recruiting potential passive investors because I think there's a lot of things up in the air right now, and I don't think it's a great time to buy. Others may see it from a different standpoint, but just based on my opinion and the research I'm doing and the people I've talked to, I don't think it's a great time. So for the short term, for us, it's organizing, raising capital, focusing on education. And in about six months, we're looking to be a little bit more aggressive with purchasing the family. All right. So did you start right out of the gate with multifamily or did you start with single family homes and build up and, and tell us, yeah. you know, it was pretty impressive. You guys did a lot very quickly. Oh, so you went from zero you. to how many doors and how much time? Yeah. So, you know, we, our first deal was a portfolio of single family houses. So, you know, we went to school at a little small town and I guarantee you hardly any Canadian's going to know where this is, but in a town called Bourbonnais, Illinois. And I went to a private small Christian school and uh, we actually bought four single family houses 
in a neighboring town. But, you know, obviously a lot of people, when they first start, they want to do their first deal right away. You know, they can't wait to, to hop on a property and, and buy it. I actually didn't do my first deal until my third year. And I'm very glad in hindsight that that happened. Sure, you know, a lot of times, year of what? My third year of actually uh, knowing what real estate investing is. So, so, you, at, so you studied real estate, you took courses, yeah. you got training, you did that for three years before you bought your first deal. Yeah, 100%. And I'd recommend a lot of people take that route. It's a very unpopular route, but one of my favorite athletes of all time, Kobe Bryant says, if you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend four sharpening the ax. And I feel a lot of individuals. I think he heard it from that. Heard about that from Abraham Lincoln or somebody like that. I think. That yeah, I'm. I'm sure you know these type of quotes they get spread around, right? At, at this point, you don't know who said it, right? It could have been Elvis, <laughs> but that really spoke to me. And I was like, wow, like you know, I have a lot of time on my side, and I want to use it to my advantage. I, I spent three years shadowing people, learning, buying every single possible course I could on real estate, reading as many books and podcasts and you know, it paid off for me. So yeah, that first deal was a portfolio of four single family houses. All right. So you were, when you first got started, you were 19, your brother was 21. You're both dead broke. How did you, did you save up an amazing amount over those three years that you're studying or how did you, how were you able to afford and, and qualify to buy four houses in one fell swoop? Yeah. So after the second or third year of me learning, you know, I'm going to be very honest with you and say that I was very frustrated with myself and my real estate investing career. You know, in, in most rooms I've walked into, I was, I say above average in terms of knowledge and textbook, I guess, knowledge in real estate investing, but I wasn't making any money. So, you know, I, I decided to talk to God because that's usually what I do when I get frustrated. And he said that I'm focusing too much on myself. And I needed to provide value for other individuals. And so I kind of took with it and ran. And I started asking people, hey, what are some of your biggest obstacles? And before you know it, I had a lot of individuals come up to me and say, hey, listen, Daniel, I have money saved up, but I don't have the time and I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the team. And I don't have, you know, I don't want to put in the effort, right? I want to focus on my job, you know, being a doctor or a lawyer or whatever it may be, running my business. And so I found a very interesting way to create win-win scenarios where individuals would invest in deals that I would find through other individuals. And I would pretty much syndicate the funds and do put a lot of the sweat equity. So it would have taken me a long time to save up money for a down payment on my first deal. And fortunately, I had people who believed in me and who held me accountable and made sure that I had all my ducks in a row. And that's kind of how I started. Very, very cool. So it's you and your brother working together on the business, correct? Yeah. So my brother is actually a partner of mine in my real estate fund called Miani Partners Capital. But we have actually about six other partners in that as well, in whom myself and a gentleman named Kevin were the senior partners. But you know, my brother and I, we do a lot of great things together with the YouTube channel and education. But in terms of the real estate, yeah, my brother and I are involved. Very cool. So how did you guys, especially when you first got started, how did you determine what the division of responsibilities was going to be? Yeah. So one of the big things that I recommend to people all the time when you first start out, whether you have a partner or not, partnering with somebody in real estate is inevitable. You know, people can say all they want about, oh, I'm going to do this all myself. And yeah, maybe that's great. But eventually you're going to need, you know, capital partners. You're going to need partners who could do the rehab for you or who can manage, you know, you're eventually going to have to work with people. So I always recommend find out what your value propositions are. And what a value proposition is, is the two, three things that you do very, very well. And that's something that somebody can do, even if they don't know anything about real estate, 
they can write down, sit down and have a list of three, five things, maybe even nine to 10 things that they enjoy doing, that they're good at. And they can formulate their blueprint on how to scale their portfolio around that. And that's something I recommend everybody do. And fortunately, my brother and I, you know, throughout the years that we've developed a self-awareness disregarding ego, because that's something that can stand in the way of good business partnerships many a times. And Especially um, with brothers sometimes. Right? Yeah, especially with brothers, right? Because there's, there's always that competitiveness and the sibling rivalry. That's right. Yeah. So I always tell people, you know, regardless of ego, focus on being good humans first and being good business partners. I think that's a very good way to put the horse before the cart. And I, I don't think that's something people do enough. All right. So Daniel, it, it took you three years to finally get your first deal on the go. Nice little portfolio of four single family homes. How quickly did the business progress after that? Yeah. So I did my first deal in, I think it was 2000, late 2016. And I remember I had a goal in 2017 and I wanted to acquire 20 units. That was my goal in January 1st, 2017. And then I had a very wise friend of mine tell me, Hey, don't set goals, set standards and expectations. Because when you're setting goals for the end of the year, even if you don't do anything that day, you know, because you have a goal, you're going to say, Hey, I'm going to just put that off. As long as I hit my goal, everything's going to be all right. And now your entire business is predicated on you hitting that number for a certain span of time. And, and you don't want to do that. You want to create things. You want to create mental thoughts and thought patterns that create sustainability well beyond just one year. So, you know, I, instead of setting goals, I set standards and expectations. And I told myself, hey, these are the five things that I'm going to do every single day for the year of 2017 whether that's networking, whether that's getting better, whether it's, you know, no matter what it is, I'm going to do these five things every single day. And I did. And my former goal was 20 units by the end of 2017. And by the year 2017, we are at, I believe, 87 or 83. We are in the mid 80s, right? Let's just, let's just put it that way. And I couldn't believe it, right? Like December 21st of 2017, I was like, wow, like that is super true. So within a span of a year, you know, we, we've got about 80 something doors and we say zero to 75 units because it's, it's more marketable that way. But I, I recently just wrote a book on how we did that in one year. So yeah, I highly recommend everyone read it. Well, give your, your book a plug here in a second. Yeah, no, that sounds great. That's impressive. So you went from the single family homes. How did you make the jump into multifamily? Yeah, so uh, it actually wasn't up to me. I, I think a lot of our investors had this need of wanting to get some tax advantages with real estate. And around this time, I was talking to a couple of doctors and, you know, for those of you listening and familiar with real estate, well, I guess doctors in general, they get taxed a lot, especially here in the U.S., especially if they live in the state of California, which, you know, there was a couple of doctors that were, were practicing in California at the time, and they just had huge tax bills. And they came to me and they said, hey, is there a way where we could, through real estate, we could, you know, help mitigate our, our tax situation? And I, I knew that multifamily had uh, much more favorable tax scenarios for people who invested. So we ended up making the shift out of the, the need that the investors had. And also a lot of the team members that I was networking with at the time, they had a lot of experience in multifamily. So, you know, I decided, hey, why not just go with it, right? Let's go ahead and do that. And that's kind of how we, we made that transition. Now, are most of your properties in and around the Chicago area? Is that where you're focusing? Yeah, so we actually, uh, the first two years when we were buying, we bought it exclusively in Illinois. But, you know, the last two years of me doing investing, we've actually been looking outside of Illinois, mainly uh, in the Southern states. So that's where we're investing currently. And what does the portfolio look like now? So you got up to the 85 doors and what do you have now? 
Yeah. So we act, that's actually a lower number. So in 2019, you know, after conversating with God, which I know for some may seem like a really weird idea. And after doing a lot of research and talking to a lot of people, I kind of came to the conclusion that in 2019, those were as high of a prices as prices could go with the value not increasing as much as we think we, it is increasing. So I decided to actually make the move and, and start selling off some of my apartments. So between 2019 and early 2020, thankfully, we sold off a lot of our apartments before you know, the pandemic and COVID hit. So right now, yeah, we're probably at somewhere between 20 to 30. It's probably right, where we're so at. Now you're, and you're getting, getting poised and ready to go on another yeah. acquisition tour, but further down south where the market makes more sense for you. Makes sense. All right, cool. Interesting. Well, that's an inspirational story and congratulate. Hats off to you and your brother for taking massive action. So you talked a little bit about your book. Tell us about that and how people can get a hold of it. Yeah. So I wrote a 50 page pamphlet about two years ago because I was told that we needed to put something out for marketing. So I did. And, you know, it was 50 pages and like the letters were really big. So it was more like 25 pages. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was very, I'm going to be very honest and say, I, I was not proud to put it out. I felt like it was just something I threw together. It was very basic. There was no case studies or any teaching whatsoever. And I remember I was in the bathroom one time and I was looking through my phone and I was on Amazon and cause I was, I wanted to see how well it was doing. And there was only one review and the review went something along the lines of, Hey, my name is this. I've been following the clock brothers for years now on YouTube. I'm very disappointed in this book. You know, there's no case studies. There's no techniques taught. There's no lessons, no stories, you know, no deals. And so I read it and I didn't feel bad cause I mean, it takes a lot to kind of, I guess, affect me emotionally, but it pretty much just confirmed what I felt about my own book. So literally, I, you know, after finishing my business, I washed my hands. I literally walked inside my office. I opened up a new Google Docs and I started writing. And I wrote for one year and it's 292 pages of case studies, my story of how I went from zero to 75 units in one year, how to raise capital, how to negotiate for seller financing, because that's how I bought a bulk of my portfolio you know, how to scale your business, how to network. I mean, there's so many unique and creative ways to find deals and raise capital in there. And it's something that I'm definitely proud of. So people want to go to zero to 75 units.com. So that's the actual number zero T O number seven and five units.com, or they can go visit us at the quackbrothers.com. It's pretty easy to find the book. You know, we're marketing it pretty heavily right now. And so far I'm getting great reviews, right? People are liking it. They're actually going out there and implementing it. So I couldn't be happier. That's all that counts for me. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, Daniel, thank you very much for sharing some of your experience and your wisdom with us. And hopefully we'll get some folks to go check out your book as well. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Take care. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye.